Hello, this is Julio Cotto from the National Hispanic Institute Home Office in Maxwell, Texas. I'm joined today by NHI president and founder Ernesto Nieto. We are continuing our series of brief conversations in preparation for the 2017 Great Debate, which is the National Hispanic Institute Summer Leadership Academy freshman experience focusing on communications development. Uh, and for this brief talk, we're going to talk a little bit about the category of cross-examination. The Great Debate Experience has four categories, four events, uh, two that are team nature, two that are individual. Uh, tell us a little bit about cross-examination, Ernesto. Thank you, Julio. Earlier, we had talked about oratory and the fact that oratory deals with a stated proposition and topic in which the presenter develops and delivers an emotional appeal that compels. Cross-examination deals with a different level of skill and competency. There's two levels of skills that are involved in cross-examination. The ability to communicate the need for change of a particular policy or practice. The ability to communicate. The ability to effectively deliver a message that underscores the need for change of a particular community condition or practice. And then opposing that, the other skill from the opponent or the loyal opposition is the ability to identify and amplify on the weaknesses of the case being made for change. I want to make sure they understand that. The ability to amplify on the weaknesses of the case being made for change. It is not an opportunity to state a counter case. So it's not my case versus your case. It is not my case versus your case. And that's one of the big mistakes that young people and even some of our student coaches make all the time. They think you're presenting an either-or case. And you know that we kind of got into it here at NHI as we decided what the appropriate cross-examination or cross-theme ought to, uh, topic ought to be. So why is that important? Why must you know how to do that? Because one of these days... Again, in making a public appeal either at a city council or school board or legislative level, here recently, for example, there was the case of SB Senate Bill 4. And if we're not familiar with Senate Bill 4, essentially it authorizes law enforcement officers to request papers of authenticity that, that state that a person has a right to be here or else they're declared illegal or undocumented people here in the state of Texas. And that's here in, uh, it's a Texas law. It's that's a being Texas proposed. law, but it's also in place in places like Arizona. Got it. I listened to a, a, a legislate, le, legislator, and let's just keep out whether it was a male or a female. It's not important. But the appeal was an emotional appeal. The appeal might as well have been an oratory speech. Pulling on the heartstrings. Pulling on the heartstrings about the people in the shadows. The appeal never made the case for change. It never pointed out the damage, extent of damage, scope of damage, all the things that could go wrong statistically and otherwise. It didn't clearly point out what was the harm 
that was going to produce by passage of this bill, but merely the effects on the heartstrings of legislators. They were, the speech was at the moral conscience of the legislators. But not at the logical not reasoning level. Not at the level. logical reasoning aspect of that particular subject on the table. It didn't pass, meaning it passed anyway. And it now become, goes to the Senate. I'm sure it's going to be dealt with uh, to the House. It'll be dealt even more. And eventually it'll p- be passed into law or not. We don't know that yet, unless it was made into law. I think it was made into law. The point being that in cross-examination, we are trying to help young people understand the difference in, 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 in a particular argumentative style, that there will be instances in which what you're doing is attacking or drawing attention to the negative and adverse impact of a particular practice or policy. So in this game, there's this the resolution, the resolve. Uh, it's a statement. The topic for this particular category or event, I know, uh, isn't a big narrative. It's it's not a page. It's usually oh, just one statement. One sentence. And that you anchor the whole game on that. So tell us a little bit what that what that statement is intended to do or you know, how, what's the relationship with it? That statement draws attention to the potential controversy. And it is up to the student to dissect that and look at it and review it and discuss it with their fellow debaters and their coaches. What, is, what are the negative aspects of this? What are the potential conflicts? What is, what's the damage? Who gets hurt? To what extent do they get hurt? Why should that practice, why should that particular policy be discontinued. And so that's the appeal. You outlined a presentation that attacks its weaknesses, that draws attention to its adverse impact if continued, and the injury that a community or sector of the community will experience as a result. And it must be well organized and done within a time limit and done in a way that makes logical sense and and enlist a response from the judge that says this makes sense, it is well-founded, it is well-grounded, it is well-articulated, and is well-researched. In this same category, we talk about uh, a value that the students need in order for them to to argue, uh, a value criteria. What is the role of this value in this debate? That becomes subjective. Uh, You know, the, the that, that whole aspect of values discussions means that I am able, by reason and logic, I'm able to put forth an argument that out-reasons and out-logics an opposing view. So it's part of the logical structure you're creating. It's how you organize and prepare and deliver thought. And that's a very important skill and competency that young people are learning to master at 14 years of age. And, and what is its use uh, use in, in future, you would say, for kids, uh, trainers even, you know, anybody who's going to be in the world of cross-examination, where, where are these skills applied, do you think, later on in life, in well, particular leadership? They apply to policy, get bad policy or good policy. They apply to laws, bad laws or good laws. They apply to um, um, trends in the community. Uh, I mean, they apply across, across many themes and across many aspects of life. What, what we need to cover is what is the role of the loyal opposition? And, and I want to make sure that, that, that 
I get that point across. While the affirmative calls for change, by drawing attention to the adverse impact, injury and harm, every argument has weaknesses. Every argument has deficiencies. Every argument overlooks a certain point. Every argument draws a conclusion that call that compels action. The listener, in this case, the opposition, instead of having a counter case, which is a mistake, and they will be declared, they will forfeit the argument, instead of preparing a counter case to what's being laid on the table, must point out the weaknesses by being a critical listener and by asking questions that amplify on the weakness of the rationale being used. And so it's very important for coaches and assistant coaches not to waste their time or not to misinform or not to misguide uh, their students uh, as they prepare the opposing view. So if you're the opposition, I mean, what are some what are some micro skills that you need to have ready? I mean, you need to be good at. You need to be very analytical. You need to be very timely and very strategic in how you prepare your counter argument based on the evidence presented. I want to make sure we understand that. It's not something you make up to be the opposition. It is literally dependent and driven by the evidence presented and laid on the table. You're going off what they're giving you. What they're giving you. And so you have to be able to take notes well, Remember Listen. well and use that to amplify a counter-argument arg- counter and to take that person to its logical conclusion where they begin to admit that maybe there's a weakness in their argument because, remember, the opposition operates with the intent of no change versus change by the affirmative. And that's the what we call the status quo? The status quo. Remain with the status quo. And so I want to make sure that in cross-examination, because I've seen it for years in our programs, and I continue to see a counter-argument being presented. Not here. The counter-argument works in mock, but it does not work. I want to repeat that, students. It does not. Counter-arguments do, do not work in the case of the cross-examination debate topic. So what are some uh, other quick hurdles that you sometimes find in this game? Um, I know time is a big one. It, it feels like the time evaporates on you, uh, and kids have to think on their feet a lot. What, what are some hurdles you think that students need to work through before they get to competition? I think there's some tactical, tactical issues that, uh, and strategy issues that have to be taken into account. I never like... Uh, argumentative styles where a student will turn to the opposition, whether it's the affirmative or the opposition, and, and say, right or wrong, and they try to ask a question, right or wrong, uh, or they, the other person takes advantage of a question and elaborates and elaborates and elaborates, not because they're answering a question, but because they want to eat up the time. Kill the clock. And just kill the clock. And I do not like coaches that train that way, and we're going to ask this year, that the judges take points away when they see those kinds of tactics because that does not add to what we're trying to get young people to learn. Now, the, 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 the lead of the, either the affirmative or the uh, opposition state their cases, but it's the support people that also have vital roles to play. 
in how they learn to ask questions. A question can be done, can be asked for two reasons. To lead to an obvious conclusion or to lay a trap for a weakness and a proposition being laid on the table. You can use that in two ways. If you're very skilled in what you do, the way in which you frame a question allows the person, the opposition, the opposing team member to make a critical error and then you take advantage of that critical error by drawing home the point or drawing attention to the points or the weaknesses in the arguments being made. So you have to be a skilled tactician, the people that, that, that uh, play support roles in the argumentative process. Unlike oratory uh, or extemporaneous speaking, uh, this is a team event. What's a piece of advice you you would give these teams and that they're going to have to collaborate and it's not all on one person? Well, they need to know. It's just like playing basketball. They need to know that you have to be in certain positions to pass the ball in order to have the best opportunity to score. It's just not a matter of take the ball and shoot it, right? So they need to know where their arguments in advance, where their arguments are designed to take them where there's some potential weaknesses to the They need to kind of analyze their own arguments and be prepared to counter questions that attempt to uncover the weakness in their presentations. They need to know how to ask a question in an effective manner. They need to know how to drive a point to set up a, 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 an argumentative case. So it's not just content. It's also tactic, it's also strategy, it's also timing, and it's also the movement between two people. Once they get that fluidity, fluidity working, once they know when I ask this question, this is what I mean, or when I make this statement, this is what I mean, be prepared to answer it. And, and it's, it's a matter of teamwork now. It's no longer a matter of each individual uh, presenting independent of one another. And that's where they make a mistake. Because you may make a certain case and my response to what's being presented may be very detached mm -hmm. because we never practice as a team. Thank you again, uh, Ernesto Nieto, president and founder of the National Hispanic Institute. This is Julio Cotto here from Maxwell, Texas, home office uh, of the National Hispanic Institute, uh, finishing up a brief conversation here about the category, the event of cross-examination, part of the Great Debate Experience, part of NHI's Summer Learning Academy. Uh, this is one of a series of conversations on Great Debate topics, theme, and events, uh, and categories. Thank you all, and we'll talk to you on the next conversation. Thank you, Ernesto. For more information on the National Hispanic Institute, please visit our website, www.nationalhispanicinstitute.org. Call us at 512-357-6137. Find us on Facebook at NHIHQ or on Twitter, NHI underscore news and at Instagram and Snapchat, NHI underscore news. Music by Andres Cotto.